Welcome to episode 165 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber. I know it's been a while since we've released a new episode. It's been a time in which there were just more important conversations to have than simply talking about what's going on in the MCU. It's been a time to listen, learn, and take meaningful action in the ways that we can. The time off from this podcast, however, it's not been a method by which to sidestep what's going on in the world now and what's been going on in the world for literally hundreds of years. The murder of George Floyd by four police officers has renewed the national and global conversations about systemic racism. The truth, however, is that these conversations never should have stopped because the problem has never gone away. Richard Brooks, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Elijah McClain, they are just some of the more recent examples. But before them, there were many others, those whose names we know, those whose names we don't. And when these tragic injustices have happened, many of us have fallen into a familiar pattern. We get angry, we condemn on social media, but then we move on. These stories, they have simply moved in and out of the news cycle. And it's still too early to know if things are really going to be different this time, but I am hopeful that they just might be because thus far, people are not moving on. People have been having conversations, taking action, sustaining the necessary momentum, and sustained effort is key because this is a problem for which there are no quick fixes. This requires our commitment as individuals and as a community to self-reflection, learning, accountability, and growth, we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We must be willing to examine how we have been complicit in systemic oppression if we are going to figure out how we can help dismantle it. We not only need to say and keep saying Black Lives Matter, but we have to demand that our society operate in accordance with that truth because thus far, it hasn't. Now, before I go any further, I want to share some resources with all of you because my voice really isn't the one you need to hear. If you're looking for sources for information on where you can donate or otherwise support the movement, you can find a lot of valuable information at blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. That's blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. And there are other resources. If you're looking for information, if you're looking for insight, there are podcasts like Pod Save the People or 1619, which I've found very, very helpful for movies. There are plenty available, but just to name a few, Just Mercy, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, The Hate You Give, directed by George Tillman Jr., or 13th, the feature-length documentary directed by Ava DuVernay. If you're looking for a series, you could check out Watchmen from HBO last year, which I know opened a lot of eyes and help people see and learn about events that maybe they didn't know about that were real and happened, but they didn't know about until Watchmen last year because maybe they didn't learn about it during their K-12 through education here in the United States, and they absolutely should have, which also points to the issue of systemic racism, that there are things we need to learn about and we don't necessarily get that in our formal education. So Watchmen is a great resource. If you're looking for music as another form of artistic expression, that covers the issues that we've been talking about that we've renewed our focus on in recent weeks. I recommend a band that I've enjoyed for the past couple of years that speaks out on a lot of the issues that we are discussing today and have been discussing for the past few years and also for many, many decades in this country. 
But a band that I would recommend from Los Angeles that I really enjoy is Fever 333. So I recommend checking out their music. These are all really great resources for information and insight. And I hope you give them a look, but they are, of course, only a small set of resources that are available. And so I hope you continue to seek out additional resources. I know that I will. And what I want to focus on for this episode of the podcast are the ways in which we as a fan community have contributed to these societal problems, even if that wasn't our intent. And I also want to talk about how we can be part of the solution. And I say we because I am holding myself accountable. So let's first look at ourselves and let's first ask ourselves, how have we been part of the problem? And when I say we, I realize this may not apply to literally every single person listening to this show in every instance. Collectively, however, there are enough common issues that are worth identifying. And these issues revolve around the artificial separation of entertainment and social commentary. Some fans ask or demand that Marvel and other companies keep politics or social commentary out of stories that those fans say are designed for entertainment. And many demand the same of the people who cover entertainment. Anytime any social commentary in a story is highlighted, there will be comments and complaints from those saying it should have been ignored, that the politics or social commentary should have been left out of it. Social Justice Warrior, or SJW, has been used quite regularly as a derogatory term as if speaking out for social justice is a bad thing. And I hold myself accountable on this. Even though I've identified social commentary in MCU films and other stories, I still haven't clapped back enough when people have tried to shout those conversations down. I believe I have failed to address this adequately, and I've even fed into another flawed, related premise. And that is that this is supposed to be our break from the real problems we face. When we watch Marvel movies, or we talk about Marvel movies as we do on this podcast, we are taking a break from the real problems of the world. I've even said similar things in the past, that this podcast is where you can take a break from your day or your week and just focus on something you love. And that's a nice sentiment that can still be valid, but it's harmful if it goes unchecked and if it's allowed without proper context. We need to take breaks, but we also need to remember that the ability to take a break is a privilege. And quite commonly, it's a part of white privilege. When I go to the theater, just using myself as an example, as a white male, when I go to the theater to take a break and watch a Marvel movie, I am free from worry. But not everyone is. I know that I have privileges that black members of our community simply do not have. If I get pulled over on my way to the theater, I might be nervous about getting a ticket, but I'm not afraid for my life. If I stop in a store to browse or shop before the movie, no one watches me because they think I might steal something. When I walk into the theater, no one gives me a second look. These are experiences that should be universal, but they are not. These experiences are not the same for people of color and particularly black people. And these all add up, by the way, to just being a limited set of examples. 
White privilege doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean that you don't struggle or experience trauma. We all do. It's part of the human experience. But if you're white, you don't face an extra set of challenges based solely on the color of your skin. So we can take breaks and we can focus on the fun to be had in the MCU, but we're not being honest with ourselves if we pretend that we're only being entertained on a superficial level. These stories have so much more power than that, and it's a huge part of the appeal for us. Stories have been exploring morality, ethics, and yes, even politics for as long as we've been telling them. That includes comic books, specifically Marvel comics. Stan Lee famously offered social commentary and spoke out against bigotry in his soapbox column, but also in the stories that he helped tell. The MCU has offered its own social commentary. Examples include, but they are not limited to, war profiteering by an American company that was supplying terrorists in Iron Man, a think tank from AIM led by Aldrich Killian creating a Middle Eastern terrorist that fed into stereotypes and fears in order to hide that company and Aldrich Killian's own anonymity in Iron Man 3. Captain America the Winter Soldier was all over the police state the difference between freedom and fear, it also showed how if a system or organization is flawed all the way to its core, the corrupt system or organization may need to be torn down completely so that people can start again and build a better organization, build a better system. Thor Ragnarok hits on imperialism and the notion of history being written by the winners. Asgard has a bloody past that its king, Odin, and its keepers of history had covered up. Black Panther explores the widespread systemic oppression of black people in colonized countries. It talks about the exploitation and erasure of black history. It calls for a philosophy of being your brother's keeper and empowering one another. Captain Marvel takes a historically antagonistic alien race from the comics and turns the Skrulls into refugees simply looking for a safe place to call home. Because the notion of framing an entire race as evil or scary, is inherently harmful. It's racist, it's wrong. And so it's characterizing refugees as a threat, which has definitely been happening in our real world. Captain Marvel even goes into how racism and prejudice are sold to us systematically. Look at all the warnings about Skrulls on the Kree homeworld of Hala. Watch Carol Danvers have to unlearn all that she'd been programmed to think about Skrulls. And in addition to social commentary, There are individual lessons learned by our main characters in the MCU. Self-reflection, learning, accountability, and growth have been at the thematic core of the MCU from the very start with Iron Man in 2008. Pretty much every major hero in the MCU has dealt with all of these ideas in some way. We are flawed in ways we know, in ways we don't, because we have blind spots. We are not perfect and we're not going to be. We can, however, keep working to better ourselves and our communities. And we're going to stumble. As the MCU shows, self-improvement is not defined by constant forward motion. We will make progress, but we might also regress a bit from time to time. Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, and Thor have all done that. If or when we regress or we simply discover a new blind spot that we didn't previously know we had, we have the opportunity to own our mistakes and get back to improving ourselves and our communities. 
And we can't be offended simply because we are challenged or our flaws are identified by someone else and pointed out to us. We can't let our ability or our inability, rather, to be perfect, to excuse us from our responsibility to keep working to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, is widely considered to be one of the most inspiring characters in all of the MCU. For many, he is the moral barometer of these stories. But even Steve Rogers got it wrong at least once. There are different interpretations about whether or not Steve was worthy when he first tried to pick up Mjolnir in Avengers Age of Ultron. Did he just pretend he couldn't lift it? Or was he not worthy because he had not come forward with the truth about Bucky killing Tony's parents? It's an interesting debate that we've been having amongst ourselves as fans, but one aspect of it isn't really up for interpretation. Whether or not Steve could have picked up Mjolnir in Age of Ultron doesn't change the point that he was lying to Tony. It was a lie of omission, but a lie nonetheless. Steve admits in Civil War that he knew Bucky had killed Tony's parents. Steve was clued into this during Captain America the Winter Soldier during the Arnim Zola sequence. Steve admits that he lied and he explains why. Steve thought, originally, how he justified it to himself, Steve thought he was sparing Tony, but really, as Steve realizes and apologizes for, Steve was only sparing himself. And I explain all of this not to rehash the fan debate about Steve's worthiness with respect to Mjolnir, but focus on the most valuable point. Even those we consider to be the best of us can be wrong. Even when we have what we truly believe the best of intentions, we can be wrong. Sometimes the things we think we do for others are actually self-serving. That's me whenever I've let people take a break without proper context or contributed intentionally or unintentionally to the idea that this is a forum where we shirk social responsibility. I've not shied away from discussing social commentary in the context of the MCU, but I've certainly not emphasized it as much as I should. I own that and I have to and will do better. And Steve Rogers is still, as imperfect as he may be, is still an inspiration. Being a good person doesn't mean having a perfect moral compass that has never ever failed. It means doing what's right while also taking ownership when you fall short and taking action to remedy your mistakes and not repeat them. That the MCU offers complex themes and applicable real life lessons probably isn't news to anyone listening to this podcast. If you're listening to a podcast dedicated to the MCU, then you, like me, probably see these movies as more than superficial, disposable entertainment. We don't just watch these movies and then let them fade from memory. We go back and revisit them to explore what they mean to us and look forward to what new stories might mean to us in the future. That's a huge part of why I do this podcast, and I believe a huge part of why you listen. We may not always be cognizant of how the MCU affects us, but it is affecting us in deep, emotional, psychological, intellectual, and philosophical ways. Now, of course, that doesn't mean the MCU is perfect. There is still much more it can offer in terms of social commentary and meaningful representation. They've already done some valuable work in those respects, 
particularly in phase three, and it looks like that will continue in phase four, but there will always be more that they can and should do. And that includes addressing systemic racism. As much as Black Panther said, there is still more to say. We have previously talked about how this can be addressed in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. There are people who don't want a black Captain America, and even Sam Wilson has to decide if he wants to reclaim the symbol of the American flag so it might finally represent that for which it's supposed to stand and do so for everyone. The source material didn't shy away from this topic, and neither should Marvel Studios. As fans, we have the power to hold Marvel Studios, their filmmakers, and ourselves accountable. We just need to use it. And as listeners, you have the power to hold me accountable, and I encourage you to let me know how you believe I can use this platform to entertain you while furthering the pursuit of true equality for all, as well as other vital social causes. I certainly have my own thoughts, and there will be some new initiatives on the show in the near future, but I also invite and look forward to your feedback, which you can send directly to me via email, marvelstudiosnewscom at gmail.com. The MCU, like other works of fiction, may not be our definitive source for our moral and ethical code, but it doesn't need to be. It can still convey truths that inspire us to better ourselves or simply challenge us to explore ideas and assumptions that may yet result in us being better, more empathetic human beings. At its best, the MCU is built on the power of individuals and teams taking responsibility for bettering themselves. It's also built on the idea that despite our differences, people who stand together can overcome injustice because our collective power is much greater than the sum of our individual strengths. We don't need Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson or any other Avenger to be real in order to derive true inspiration from them. If we are to say that the MCU is more to us than superficial entertainment, we must identify and explore the social commentary it offers. We also have to consider the real-world issues that can still be explored in these stories and convert the inspiration that we say we find in these fictional stories into meaningful action in our real lives. Let's assemble and get to work both as individuals and as a community. Let's listen, learn, and act. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. 